you know, you have to know that you can change anything. I don't care how long you've had, whatever it is that you're wanting to shift. It doesn't matter. You can shift anything. If you find that porn is stealing your time, draining your energy, ruining relationships, and robbing you of your power, it's time to take your power back. Eric Zuzak tried 12-step programs and felt powerless when they didn't work. He then discovered the power of mindfulness in combating addictions. Porn Talk is about reclaiming your power to end your porn addiction. It's how Eric transformed from powerless Eric to powerful Eric. Ready to break your porn addiction? Learn from Eric, the powerful Eric. Here's your host, Eric Zuzak. All right. Welcome back to Porn Talk. This is part three with Rebecca Baines. She is a satanic sexual ritual abuse survivor. If you haven't heard the other episodes, go listen to the past two episodes. This is part three, the final episode, the exciting conclusion with Rebecca Baines. Rebecca, tell us about the vision that you had. Yes. Well, it was the very first vision I ever had. And it came to me just suddenly in total. Um, I was sitting on my sofa when I was in my first year of medical school. And I had just been remembering, just started having these memories of my childhood traumas. And all of a sudden, what I saw was me floating around. I was like a little orb of light. And I was floating around with these other little orbs of light. And obviously this was before I was born into a body, you know, it's my spirit form. And in came two of my dad's ancestors kind of from the upper left. And they, they walked in and um, they said, this cycle of abuse has gone on long enough. It's time for it to, to, to end. And now this is a strictly voluntary mission. Nobody has to go. And then ne next thing I know, I was metaphorically jumping up and down, you know, waving my hand in the air going, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> and I was like, I started bawling because I was like, I was wrong. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. And it was, of course, it was too late. It had all already transpired, you know, now it was nothing but the cleanup, you know, part of it. So that was my very first vision. And um, so I'm sitting there thinking about it and that I don't want to live. And, and then I had another thought. I was like, hmm, but you know what? If, if I do survive this uh, and I could take that and help even one other person, now then that would be worth living for. Not just for me though. Like if it's just to, for me, I'm out of here. <laughs> it was way too painful um, to, to live the life I was living right then. And, it, and honestly, I don't know if I knew how many decades of the horrible pain um, and the suffering physically, as well as emotionally, I, I, I'm glad I didn't know because it made me hang in there. Um, but yeah, it's, um, that was the beginning of, of many other spiritual experiences for me that <clears throat> I didn't really know that I was spiritually gifted. So that got that vision. And then a um, few years later, I got this thought in my head and like, oh, I have to write that down. That's good. And the next thing I know, I filled this whole page 
whole page I filled with writing. And I was like, this doesn't sound like me at all. And then it was like so full of wisdom. I wish I'm hoping and praying I can find that piece of paper somewhere, but I've moved so many times. I don't know. But anyway, I get to the bottom of the page and I'm like, wow, that's some really cool shit, you know? Whew. And then I, the voice in my head just said, and it wasn't like a literal voice, but it was just sort of this knowing it said, sign it standing bear. And I'm like, ha, how corny. I'm not going to sign it standing bear. And standing again, bear. I was prompted. I was prompted, sign it, standing bear. And I go, I am not going to. And I heard it again, sign it, standing bear. And I'm like, oh, God, I'd never heard the name. I knew it sounded Native American, but I didn't know that it really was a thing. So I signed it and then just like hid the piece of paper. I'm like, oh, that's so embarrassing. You know, it's like and then uh, the next day I was at a Barnes and Noble. and, And instead of going to the normal section I went to, I turned left and I went to the section with all the little miniature books. And I saw there was this one about Native American quotes and I pulled it out and I opened it and there was a quote and it said, Standing Bear, 1881 or something like that. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so there are no coincidences. Wow. Oh, even now that wow. gives me goosebumps. So I was like, oh my God. So I bought the little book and um, I never knew there was a, a, a Native American dude named Standing Bear, but I feel like that was him speaking to me and telling me that he is one of my spirit guides. And just and for those that may not have heard the other episodes, uh, Rebecca is half Native American. So. Yes, yes, from Alaska. My dad was Alaska Native. Tell the story about at the dorm or you were wearing the bear slippers. Or- oh, yeah. When I went off to college <laughs> and I had this dark brown, big, thick, fuzzy bathrobe and these brown slippers, but they looked like, like bare feet, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, my friends would see me coming down the hallway and they go, Hey, there's the bear, you know? So that was my nickname was the bear. So that was kind of a, would, would you call that foreshadowing? Because like yes. that was years ago, they were calling you the, the bear. And then you end up with this native American name, standing bear. That's pretty cool. It's Luke. This is your destiny (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you with your 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 bear back then they were calling you the bear little did you know that the bear was your destiny (laughs) (laughs) i have another story that reinforces it like a year after med i left med school i went to massage school got a second year leave of absence from school and um when i was in there this classmate of mine went to this woman who was a shaman and she did something called soul retrieval. So I'm like, well, that sounds really cool. So I want to do that. So I went and um, in in the, the soul retrieval, you lay on a blanket side by side with the person trained to do this. And they put on like Native American drum music. It's just this boom, 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 you know, kind of like a heartbeat. And she journeys in and she says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call in your spirit animal and um, ask them. And so she comes back afterwards and tells me about what she saw when we journeyed. And she said, I asked for uh, a spirit animal for you. And then the room was just flooded. It was like, they were, there were so many there for you. And I go, I had to tell them like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, let's just start with one for now. And this great Alaskan brown bear stepped forward and he said, it's appropriate 
that I come first. I'll be the first one. And he gave his name and he's been with me ever since. And apparently he's been with me through most, if not all of my lifetimes. And um, so there it was again. Hmm. <laughs> it's the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. My, <laughs> I couldn't help my, my, I've got a seven-year-old boy and a three-year-old boy and my love, my wife loves Disney. So bare necessities. Yeah. What about some of the specific modalities that you liked or discovered or created? Yeah. So those were some of my first experiences with learning that I had these spiritual gifts, you know, because I was a scientist, you know, I got my undergraduate degree in chemistry and essentially a minor in biology. I never applied for it, but, you know, lots of science and math and stuff like that. And um, I was very spiritual in my personal life, but, you know, that was it. And um, so I had that vision and then, you know, the, the soul retrieval. And I did, I think, three of them total. And, you know, retrieving parts of myself that got split off when I was going through the severe traumas. Because you had to dis disassociate to survive. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a... It's a real gift because without it, I would not have survived. Yeah. I, would, I would not. Um, I can remember once in college, just in such a deep depression. And this, of course, was like maybe a, a decade almost before I remembered. Um, but I was in such a deep depression. And I remember like inside myself, just looking down into this black abyss, like within myself, just wasn't physically or literally there. But I somehow knew that if I threw myself into that hole, I would go mad, I'd go insane and never come back. And I almost did. I kept almost jumping and then stop, almost jump and stop. And in the end, it was my love for my younger brother that kept me here. Other times too, when I was on the verge of suicide, I thought, well, that's not setting a very good example <laughs> for my, my younger brother. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I just couldn't bear to do, to, to like have anybody find my body. Like that would just be so traumatic. Yeah. And I even tried to think of ways that I could go off into the wilderness and, you know, rig it so that when my body hits, I hit this lever and this bunch of dirt falls on me or something. You know, I was thinking of all these ways that I could die without having anybody have to find the body. Hmm. Um, because it was just, I would have felt too guilty. No. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I used to carry suicide around in my pocket, so to speak, almost like uh, people carry those little worry stones, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, this it's makes me, stone, yeah. this, this is what comforts me, you know, and I would just smile all day long because I knew like, yeah, if it gets too bad, I just kill myself, hmm. you know. Um, and I, you know, I don't recommend that at all. I've heard people um, that are wiser than me and know about the afterlife and whatnot. And not to say that people that kill themselves um, like go to hell or anything like that. I don't think that's the case, but um, yeah, then you, then, then you're, you know, hurting other people and then you have to like, that's karma you're accrued. Right. And, and none of us wants to hurt the people we love. And I had 
no plans to talk about this, but maybe that's part of what just needed to be said. Sure. Because um, it, from my perspective, I think a, a lot of people, I don't know about most people, but a lot of people have been so far down that they've thought about suicide at For least, sure. you know? Um, probably it, a lot more than we realize. Yeah, probably because I know nobody knew that I felt that way. I didn't say anything. You know, I was just raised to believe I was a waste of oxygen and a worthless piece of shit. Yeah, worthless piece of shit. That's the mantra with for a lot of guys that are addicted to pornography is I'm a piece of shit. Um, Rebecca, what are some of the specific uh, healing modalities that you sought after and or created? Because um, a lot of people just go the traditional route, and there's certainly a place for a traditional therapist, medication, things like that. But uh, didn't work for me as far as porn addiction. Um, what's your experience? Yeah, I, I felt like I was trying to piece together a healing modality, but I had to do it in bits and pieces. So I'd go to talk therapy, talk about what I was remembering and how I felt. And my body would just get so knotted up, you know, and tight and painful. Then I'd go to the massage therapist and she'd work on the knots and all the tears would come out. Then I'd go and get Reiki done or something, you know, like a spiritual energy work kind of thing. And I was trying desperately to heal the whole, my whole being. Um, but it wasn't easy because there wasn't anything that was kind of addressed all of it. So I was piecing it together. So as I said, I did the soul retrievals. I did receive Reiki and did training in that. Um, massage therapy, different types of modalities that we learned there, like um, uh, polarity, polarity therapy. That, so just different things to try to help soothe and heal the body post-trauma. You did tapping, right? Oh, yeah. Emotional EFT, freedom, emotional freedom technique. That's a big one for me. I love EFT. Yep. Lots and lots of talk therapy. And then fortunately for me, my talk therapist went on to study EMDR. Um, yes, so I did lots I, of that. I did EMDR and actually got, that was one of the few things that was beneficial to me was EMDR. That's the eye movement and desensitization repatterning. Repatterning. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, it's called EMDR because it's easier. Yeah, and, and I think that really relates to uh, tapping EMDR. But anyway, go ahead. Yes, I agree. I agree because you're you're sort of bypassing the conscious mind's resistance. You know, um, um, well, I did um, so, several landmark education courses. So it's like called transformational technology or something really good. Um, pretty much everything I came across, I, I did. What about the one that you, you get certified in the... Um... Theta healing. That's it. Yeah. Theta, T-H-E-T-A. Um, probably the most powerful thing that I had come across at that point. And um, it was so transformational for me that I knew I was going to train in it but it took me probably another year plus after my first session before I was even strong enough to do the training. Um, and then when I was in class, the, the 
the teacher had to constantly go and do extra work on me when she's giving us downloads of how to do the, the, the healing because there was just so much still that needed to be cleared in me and um but i mean come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's and it's funny because sometimes like when i went to the landmark forum i kind of was all smug and full of myself i was like oh i've done so much work on myself already i bet i've done more work on myself than anyone else in this room like a hundred people you know and then come to the end of it and i'm like oh my god i'm such a mess <laughs> um so now i've just accepted that you know, healing and work on myself is just going to be a daily part of my life for the rest of my life. Um, and I'm fine with that because every time I um, work on myself, I'm happier, healthier, have better, you know, better everything, better relationships, better finances, better everything. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of everybody um, that kind of a tired old phrase, but, you know, doing your work, do your work. And it's never over for any of us. We've never, like, we'll never get to where we just arrive and now we're perfect and there's nothing left to work on. Um, so I've learned to have sort of a casual approach to it that, um, well, as you know, there's been, because I've been working on doing this talk and writing my book and stuff, it's very confrontational for me. It's very, um, a lot of times it's very painful. Yeah. And stuff is coming up and deeper layers of cult programming are coming up and they're like, ooh, in my face. And I, I say, I'm just going to lean in no matter what comes up. So every week it's more stuff, you know, it's terror and it's pain and it's, you know, just being horrified at what has, has gone on and is going on. And, and I just lean in, I go, well, you know, resisting it doesn't help anything. Um, trying to distract myself with addictions, that doesn't help anything. No, distracting um, yourself with addictions does not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it that way for you and your, and your audience too. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, uh, so I'm just a huge proponent of, of just feeling your feelings, being aware of them, giving yourself space for them and just no judgment, no judgment. Um, and I'm saying that more for me than anyone else, because that's anyone that's close to me has told me like, wow, you are really hard on yourself. <laughs> and I remember the first time a friend said that I go, really? And she goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so it's a really big deal for me to get to this point where I can say, Hey, you know, be easy on yourself. You know, it's like wise words, be easy on yourself. You're, you're listening to this program right now because you're trying to better yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You, you should give yourself credit for that. You know, I mean, in, instead of judging yourself for where you've fallen short, how about you say, wow, look at after everything I've been through, that I'm still here fighting the good fight. You know, I'm still here working to make myself be a better person. Um, you know, and the thing that was surprising to me when I finally was able to forgive my dad and, and all the others um, was just how, um, how different I felt about myself um, and about other people. It, it just, it, it's astonishing because all the bitterness went away. And it, it was a few years ago that I was in a like prayer meditation um, 
And all of a sudden I was guided to ask if anyone wanted forgiveness from me. Um, and I was specifically speaking to any possible souls on the other side that had been a part of the cult that I grew up in. Um, because I knew that probably most of them at this point were dead because they were adults when I was like three, four, five, six, seven years old. And um, there was like 300 and some people. I said, anyone here that abused me that would like to step forward and be forgiven? It was like, I don't know, 356 or 300 and some. It was just like, whoa. <laughs> um, and, I, and I did that. And then um, another time, a little over a year ago, I got it and I was thinking, you know, I still deal with um, a lot of shame. And I went, you know what, though? It's not mine. It's not mine. It's theirs. Mm. They're the ones that, that did these things and tried to make me take on their shame. So I did this little, little ceremony, I guess, where I called them in and I said, take it. This shame is yours. It's not mine. I give it back to you. Powerful. And it, I, I felt really different after I did that. So no. I highly recommend doing that because all of us, I think, have taken on somebody else's shame and we think it's ours. Um, and especially if things happen to you when you were a kid, you know, that isn't yours. That reminds me of the story you said in the last episode of the forgiveness that your father, how did your father say that? Like, ask them for forgiveness. Please tell them, please tell them, plural, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Please tell them. So all, all the listeners, everybody right now, that's message for them, right? Yeah. Those are, those are the them. Yes. Yes. You all are the them. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Re Rebecca, I am just delighted beyond measure to be doing this with you. And you're so radiant now. Like if you're watching this on video, you can see Rebecca smiling there, her glowing aura. And uh, so we came up with for Rebecca that, yes, she's, of course, will always be standing bare, but standing bare slash radiant Rebecca, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and radiant Rebecca is radiating around the globe right now because I literally have men reach out to me from all over the globe. So your message will be heard all around the world. And you are bringing light to the world that needs it so desperately right now. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes. If I could just say one more thing that came to me. Um, sure. In, you know, I think the word forgiveness is so misunderstood in our world. And I never, ever, ever would want anyone to feel like they are supposed to or have to forgive. That's not my point at all, because I think we all are on our own journey and we are the captains of our own ship. And so I only offer that as a possible outcome because I know how much it has helped me. Mm -hmm. And really more of the point, I think for me is like, do the healing work on yourself because you deserve to feel better, to be happy, to have joy. 
and to feel good about yourself. And for me, I, I was led to find forgiveness simply because I was dying physically of how toxic the rage was within me um, towards the people that did these things to me. So the surprising thing for me was just how beautiful life could be on the other side. And even though I have forgiven all of them, I still have things to heal. You know, I, I'm still process, working right. on healing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm so glad that there are so many healing modalities. Um, the first one, the first spiritual energy healing modality I studied was theta healing, where we go into, um, I was trained how to get the client and myself, or even in recordings or to groups as well, to go into a theta brainwave where we have access to your subconscious blueprint. Now it's, a, it's called a conscious theta state because I'm not doing, it's not, I, I'm not hip, hypnotizing you where you don't know what's happening. It's all by permission. And we can go in and heal traumas, um, clear allergies, um, do um, a form of cord cutting and soul retrieval. Um, it's called an energetic divorce, but it, it's not about divorcing anybody. It's just a cord cutting and, and soul retrieval. So people you've had intense experiences with, good or bad, pieces of our soul go over to the other person. So we want to bring those back cleaned and washed to their rightful owner. And we probably have, are holding on to somebody else's pieces of their soul too. And then there's cords, you know, with people you've had intense experiences with. So we do that, um, <clears throat> all, all kinds of stuff. It's really, really fun. And then um, I also went on to train in something called Awakening Dynamics with Brent Phillips. I think he's changed the name of his work now. But anyway, I got certified in, in all four levels of that protocol. And then over the years, I've been doing this kind of work since 2011. And over the years, I've gotten what, what we call downloads, you know, it's just like new techniques that are just dropped into me through the, um, from the creator. And, you know, it, it's, it's a spiritual modality, but not a religious one. So I, I always ask people what you would like the creator to, I mean, I was trained, call it creator of all that is, could be God, could be whatever you want to call it. So I've gotten all these new techniques and one of my gifts is, is visions and then the interpretation of what I'm seeing. So um, when I'm in with clients, I will often see a vision of something. And then as I'm describing it, what I'm seeing, I'll be told what the meaning of that vision is. So the vision could be one image, but it could have so many layers of meaning and, um, so I just have a gift I always have of being able to just go connect with uh, spirit. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's just really a blast. And I, I love helping people to transform their um, themselves, transform themselves, whatever it is that they choose to let go of, you know, the, the traumas, the pain, the losses, um, and that's just what I do. I and love I, how you you studied so many different modalities to find what works for you. And that's what people need to do is find what works for them. There is, an, the, one of the points of this podcast is that there is another way. The traditional way, there's that way, and there's many other ways. So if you would like 
Rebecca, if, if someone would like to experience a transformation from you, how would they go about doing that? Where, where do they go? How do they learn more about you? Well, I, I have a YouTube channel called Standing Bear Healing. And I also have a website, which is also um, Standing Bear Healing. Standingbearhealing.com? Yes. Yes. Oh, and you asked me what, like the ideal um, client for the type of work that I do and just really motivated to change their life. You know, if you really want to change your life, you know, um, I can't do anything for anyone if they're stuck where they're at and not willing to um, let go of their story or their um, victimhood or whatever, you know, um, and again, no judgment there. I mean, when I found out about the whole victim mindset, I go, well, <clears throat> I'm a professional. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, that's, that was, that was many years ago, but yeah, that was me to a T. So I'm not saying that in any judgmental way, but, um, you know, you have to know that you can change anything. I don't care how long you've had whatever it is that you're wanting to shift. It doesn't matter. You can shift anything. You can, you can, even if it's been decades or even most or all of your life, you can change. Yep. Yep. Well, Radiant Rebecca Standing Bear, thank you for being here. And I will close with my one of my favorite quotes from Zig Ziglar, who says, you are what you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. But you can change what you are and change where you are by changing what goes into your magnificent, beautiful mind. Are you struggling with porn addiction? Then schedule a free strategy call with Eric today at PowerfulEric.com or call 314-717-0377. That's a wrap. Wow. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. This is going to be incredible.